Hello and welcome to Master Your Coaching Biz, a podcast for rising coaches and entrepreneurs who want to design the life of their dreams and make a massive impact on the world while building an inspired, successful, and profitable business. I'm your host, Cheryl Thacker, Master Board Certified Coach, trainer, ICF mentor coach, international speaker, and founder of Successful Coaches Enterprise. I believe that every coach has a unique gift to present to the world, and I'm humbled that I've had the opportunity to work with hundreds of coaches and entrepreneurs on their journey to mastering their business. Join me each week as we explore all things coaching to master your business with tools, techniques, and strategies to create and market your products, get visible, make an impact, and grow your business. Listen in on interviews with leading coaches and entrepreneurs sharing their stories and best tips to teach, inspire, and empower you. Observe coaching sessions, participate in Q&A, and learn how to master your mindset to enhance your coaching skills. Are you ready to build the life and business of your dreams while doing what you love? Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Master Your Coaching Biz, the podcast. Today's guest is John Mendez, and he is with Walk to Wealth LLC. And he is a serial entrepreneur, a realtor, an investor, a podcast host, and a social media expert. So welcome, John, to the show. It's good to have you. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Cheryl. I'm just glad to be here today and, and excited to see where this conversation uh, heads. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. So a little bit about me. As you said, you know, I'm the host of the Walk to Wealth podcast. Walk to Wealth LLC is the uh, business, I guess, name for it. I got it. Um, and so for me, what led to me kind of doing where I got to, long story short, I wasn't a born entrepreneur, I love to say. It's something that I picked up along the way. And I was, you know, so I didn't have the paper out. I didn't have the lemonade stand growing up. Entrepreneurship was not in my blood at all. I was grew up in very, you know, humble beginnings, grew up in the projects, nine of us in a two bedroom. Mom and dad were never really around. So my grandparents on my Dominican side of the family raised me. I fast forward a little bit. School and stuff always came easy to me. And I went to college. I was over at UConn. And during the pandemic, I was in my sophomore year, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And during that fall semester of my sophomore year, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it's like, I gained a new curiosity. I love gaining new perspective, but something about the way the Rich Dad viewed the world, I had asked myself, why isn't that way of thought talked about in any of my, you know, whether it was school, whether it was my environment back home, I never seen someone who viewed the world that way. So that winter break between, you know, spring and fall semester, I kind of jumped into the personal finance rabbit hole, looking into YouTube videos and podcasts and books. Long story short, I came back that spring semester and it's someone like I seen the light and I couldn't, you know, unsee anymore. And so I decided to start my entrepreneurial journey, dropped out of college, pursued my real estate license, got licensed two weeks after I turned 20. And I kind of been in the entrepreneur space since. And so that's kind of how I got to where I am today. A little bit fast forwarded, but uh, for the most part, that's the nuts and bolts of the story. Yeah. Okay. So you got started pretty young as far as typical entrepreneur age, <laughs> getting started with every business. And so how have you been enjoying it since then? It's been quite the journey. I think it's something where I just found it's so interesting that there's another way of, of viewing the world that wasn't taught, you know, whether it was a school or in my conversation with friends, it's something that wasn't talked about at all. And for me, I'm just going in that, and I feel like I've always had the gift of gab. 
But there's a very big difference between just talking for talking's sake and actually giving a you know a powerful, impactful message. And so for me, I knew how hard it was for me to learn about financial literacy and thing, and you know, thinking abundantly, you know, rewiring your subconscious and trying to unwire all that subconscious programming that a lot of us have, especially growing up where I grew up. And so it's been quite the journey. I think the biggest part of like growing up in my upbringing is like because I didn't have any role models, I was able to have a very open mind. And I genuinely always loved learning. The only caveat is if you couldn't give me a reason as to why I was going to be beneficial to my life, I wasn't going to pay you any mind. So (laughs) although school came very easily to me, once I realized that I wasn't going to use geometry and calculus for the rest of my life, it's like, it's hard for me to continue paying attention. My grades were always good, but it wasn't, you know, personal finance. It wasn't, you know, how to build credit. It wasn't things like that. It's hard to start a business. And the amount of people I've been able to meet and the amount of support that I've gotten from strangers, people that I probably would have never met, is insane. And it's kind of sad to, you know, know that no one will support you like strangers will. But it's like, it's also a great thing because it's like some of these people have, when they support, there's no, you don't have to worry about any underhanded, you know, reason behind it because whether you succeed or not, it has no benefit to their lives at all. It just, they just want to see you genuinely succeed. So it's been quite the journey. It's been tough trying to figure it out. Shiny object syndrome killed me last year, <laughs> uh, which is why I have the fancy bio, right? I hired a, the lady on Fiverr to write it for me. And I was like, make this sound good. So last year I was trying to do, you know, in real estate, I had the podcast going on the side. I teach social media classes. And and there was, I also worked at a restaurant on the side as well. And so I had all these different little endeavors trying to go. And I thought I was young, you know, I'm, I'm hungry, I'm energetic, I'm healthy. I can do all these things at once. And yeah, I realized very quickly uh, that trying to start a bunch of different endeavors on your own is not the way to go. Although I learned a lot because I was in different industries uh, mm-hmm. all kind of at the same time, it's definitely not the most productive way to go about spending your time. But it's been fun so far. It's tough, especially financially, but fun. Yeah. Yeah. You, you kind of get, you can get burnt out pretty easy and yeah, and not put your energy where it really needs to go. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your passion and your mission. You talk about how just passion can lead you kind of astray, but that mission statement can kind of keep you aligned. So tell tell me a little bit more about that. So with the mission statement, a lot of people get that confused with, you know, I want to help a million small business owners break into the entrepreneur space or things like that. And when you put a quantifiable like number on it, you confuse a mission statement with a goal. And so the way I've been taught it is that a mission statement is something that transcends you. It's something that you probably would never, ever achieve in life, but you're something in constant pursuit of, continual pursuit of, while as a goal are the little checkpoints along the way of trying to accomplish and trying to carry out that mission. So, you know, the helping a million people or giving back to a thousand families or building a hundred homes in South America, like things like that are all goals. They're quantifiable things that you can achieve. Your mission statement is something where it's bigger. So for me, my mission statement is I want to enlighten and empower young adults to build wealthy, abundant lives. And no matter how long I do this for, no matter how big my podcast gets or how big I get, there will always be more young adults to help. No matter how big my team eventually in the future gets, I'll never be able to touch all the the young adults ever. And when I start succeeding a lot more in life, the way I help them may not look the same. But that mission never, ever stops and never ends. It's just constantly trying to figure out how do I reach more young adults. And so that's for me what I feel like I've been called to. 
And an easy way to create your mission statement, it's pretty much, it starts with an, an action word. So mine is en- enlightened and power. And then from there, who? Get real specific, as specific as you can with your, you know, your ideal avatar. Especially when starting off, I was trying to help any and everyone, you know, the Miss America answer. And that's great and all, but for marketing purposes, when you try to market <laughs> anything and you say any and everyone, you know, it doesn't really help out too much. And then you want to finish off with how you're going to help those people. So, you know, your action word, who you want to help, and then um, how you're going to help those people is how you yeah. kind of come up with that mission statement. I like the, the <laughs> Miss America. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. just funny, but it, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, so I want to help everyone. We all do, right? <laughs> yeah. You have to get a little more specific than that. Yeah. So t- talk a little bit more about how the passion can lead you astray. Yeah, so I read this book called The Purpose Factor. And that book shared a lot of unconventional wisdom that kind of like almost in a way like debunked these common sayings that we hear. One of which was the idea of following your passion, right? Pursue your passion, turn your passion to business, monetize your passion. We always hear that, you know, the word passion to become like, it's almost one of the most catchiest buzzwords in the entrepreneur space, I feel at this point. And so if you look up the dictionary definition of the word passion, it's a barely controllable emotion. So the way I like to just, you know, illustrate it in a way is that if you were to put your passion as the core thing that orients your life, that's the core focus of where you're aiming, it's essentially the same thing as building a house in sand. You know, you're still on the beachfront. It's beautiful. But once the high tide comes in, your house is screwed, right? The whole thing is coming tearing down because it's something, as I said, the dictionary definition, it's a barely controllable emotion. Now, I'm not sure if you're married or not, but if you were to be married, right, imagine trying to have an entire relationship on just your passion. It's scientifically proven that marriages, if when they're pursued basically and solely on passion, once we get older and that passion fades, marriages lead to divorce. If it's passion, that's the underlying thing. That's the, you know, the foundation of everything, right? But it's the same yeah. thing in business as well, right? If passion is your soul, the main foundation of everything that you're building, as soon as it goes away, because it will go away, you know, you may get a new passion that burns even, even stronger. So as soon as you have that, whether it's either comes or another one comes or the passion that you thought was your passion goes, if you have that as the foundation, the core of your business, you could easily, you know, have everything that you built up start, you know, come crumbling down. So what would you say is the answer to that? Like if somebody has the passion, they want that stability. Yeah. um, How do they make that transition? So the answer to it is getting something that you're more in control of. And the answer to it really is using the passion, especially when you're starting off, as almost kind of like a compass. Because if you have a passion, usually something, a burning feeling you have towards something, maybe it's sports, maybe it's drawing, maybe it's you know writing, maybe it's coaching, whatever it may be, it's something that you could use to point you in the right direction, right? And there's this concept called Ikigai, and it's a Japanese concept. And the people where it come from have the longest life expectancy on the planet, or one of the longest, and they stand for your reason for being. And so essentially how you find your reason for being, this would be a great time if you have a pen and pencil or if you're listening uh, to take some notes, but it's a very simple exercise. It's the intersection of four circles. So the first circle is what you love to do. So you would start off writing everything you love to do. And this is where your passion would come into play, right? Write off everything you love to do, things that you would do for the rest of your life if no one ever paid you. For me, you know, play sports, talking to people, networking. I love, I love, I'm a very extroverted, very social person, Right. Once you list out everything, the next circle you want to go to is what does the world need? There's a lot of things that could use some fixing, 
but you can't fix everything, right? We're not Miss America, right? We have to pick something. And so out of all the things that you can't fix, which ones do you feel most compelled to fix? So for me, I know that financial literacy is something that wasn't talked about at all in my upbringing, uh, not in my household, not in school, not in anyone around me. So it's like something I feel compelled to talk to because it's something I know that I didn't have. So if I could help others like me, uh, at least, you know, you know, skip a step or two and that, you know, that feels fulfills me. So once you get that right, what does the world need? The third circle is what can you be rewarded for? A lot of the time we do things that fulfill us, such as charity, volunteer work, maybe, you know, giving back to the homeless shelter or a soup kitchen, whatever it may be. But we still need to make ends meet. We still need to keep the lights on. So what can we be rewarded for? List out all the things that we can be rewarded for. And then the fourth and final circle is what are we good at? And depending on you know who I'm speaking to, I'd like to say, what do we have the aptitude to be good at? Because a lot of times we have skills that aren't really cultivated so that we can't help people with yet. But as I said, I'm a little bit, I'm very extroverted. So speaking is something I have a natural aptitude kind of to go and pursue. Whereas someone who is more introverted and someone that was a little shy speaking might not be the best route for them to go to. They still can, but they'll be treading you know, against the grain a little bit. So those are for the four circles. And once you kind of list out all, all the things in those four, hopefully you have something that aligns across the four. But if not, you start with what you love and then you know, see which one are, is in at least three circles or at least in two circles. Or maybe just start with one and start you know, crossing off the list. Yeah, I like that. It's a great concept. I've not heard of that before. I mean, it, it kind of sounds familiar as far as like how we help people figure out their passions, but to have that or figure out, you know, where to get started in business or their strengths, plus their passions. Mm-hmm. But I like that there's a, you know, that there's an actual process for that. So, yeah, so that's great. And that, and is that something that, where did you learn that? So it was around the time where, around, as I said, I was doing a lot last year and around you know, September of 2022 is when I read The Purpose Factor. And that's when I kind of got almost in like very curious around the topic of purpose and, you know, what is it I'm supposed to do? Because a lot of times we get the opportunity phone ringing, but sometimes there's several opportunity phones ringing and you don't know which one to pick up. And Uh I thought I could pick up each phone and have a conversation with all of them at the same time. And so around that time, I started stumbling, you know, looking up YouTube videos on purpose. YouTube University is definitely my go-to for any and everything. And so I, I stumbled across icky guy and I, I looked into it and I just started watching a couple of YouTube videos and then I watched a couple more and I started contemplating and really thinking about, you know, what is it in my life that I really feel called to do? And I was distracted with real estate. You know, I wasn't getting any leads and the leads I did get, I wouldn't follow up with. And then with the social media agency, you know, I was teaching tons of classes and then I try to kind of graduate that into an actual agency. There's just more than teaching classes where I actually mm-hmm. have clients that I create content for was distracted in that. And after the first client, I figured I don't want to create content for other people because I was already doing it for myself, right? And so then I was like, okay, despite all of that, the entire time I've still been dropping weekly episodes without fail. Maybe, what would it look like if I just took this and have it be my one thing for all of 2023? And as around that time where I was learn- learning into Ikigai, I was like, you know, this kind of checks off all the boxes. Uh, let me just run with it. So that's kind of how I came about it. Yeah, awesome. And that brings me to that you have your own podcast. And what, what's the name of it again? Walk to Wealth. That's what a number two. Walk with the number two to wealth. Okay. Yeah. All right. Awesome. And we're kind of coming up to the end of our time. So you have a free gift for our audience. What would that be? Yeah. So um, it's called the, the Beginner's Guide to Entrepreneurship, the four businesses 
you need to start before you start your dream business. A lot of times you get this burning idea that we want to start and then it fails. I kind of like what happened to me. A lot of time it's because we didn't have any business experience prior before starting an idea. So that training pretty much goes over and it's someone that I interviewed. His name is uh, Drew Johnson. He's also going to be part of a summit that I got going on. That's a separate topic, but he uh-huh. pretty much is a business strategist. He coaches small business owners and entrepreneurs on how to run their operations. So very smart guy, very you know personable guy. And he kind of breaks it down in very almost like layman's terms, the four businesses you need to start before you start your dream business. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So the link for that will be in the show notes, guys. And also, of course, the social media links and where you can reach John if you'd like to reach out to him. And his website, just to give you that, is the walk with number two wealth.com. And thank you so much, John, for being with us tonight, today. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we're thankful that you joined us. And guys, listen in, take notes, listen again if you need to. I will see you on the next episode. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much for listening in today. I'm so glad we got to spend this time together. If you love today's show, please consider leaving me a review on the Apple Podcast app so other coaches can find the podcast. For more information about me, visit SuccessfulCoaches.com. For daily inspiration and affirmations, follow me on Instagram at Coach Cheryl Thacker. Be sure to send me a DM so I can say hello. Until next time, to your success.